This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams podcast for Monday, September 25th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Matthew DeWaskin. Matt, how are we doing? Uh, hanging in there, I suppose. Yeah, doing okay? Survived your weekend? <sighs> it was a rough baseball weekend. Yeah, it was. Well, did okay. you enjoy the, the Cubs Brewers? Are we t- are we talking about Cubs Brewers? Honestly, yeah, I'm a little bit about that, but honestly, and this is this is starting to concern me. Uh-huh. Every time I look at the White Sox, and I don't yeah. wa- I don't watch every inning, I don't watch every game, but every every time I you know I I I, I flip over you know I flip over and and, and see what's going on over there. Yes. I, li- I like what I see. Yeah, it's not it's good. Like, it's inter- it, no, it's entertaining. It's not good that it is good. Is that scary? I just, I'm conflicting feelings here. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there, Lucas Giolito, man, has it together. Not just him. It's you know, it's a lot of you know, a lot of the young guys are kind of interested. Like you know, Yohan Moncada, no longer awful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no. I mean, hopefully nobody thought he was going to stay awful. There, there was, there was, you know, we, we've had such, you know, know, the the White Sox have had such a rough history with prospects that, yeah, you know, when when you see a guy, you know, get off to a one fifty start, it's like, okay, here we go again. But yeah, Uh, um, we do need to talk about Ronaldo Lopez, who was our pick. However, he (laughs) was at home against the Royals. He allowed six runs. Only two of them were earned. Correct. And still gave us a win. Yes. Six and a thirds innings, ten hits, uh, no walks, no strikeouts, <laughs> zero strikeouts. <laughs> so in his last four starts, he has four strikeouts. That's concerning, right? Mm. It's, I mean, not like long-term concerning. You're not like, oh, no, is he a bust? But you're kind of like, oh, boy, you got to straighten that out a little. Yeah, I think it's it's well, he's, he's got something to work on for the offseason. <laughs> actually striking out batters yes that would be helpful yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're you know major, at the major league level yes but you yeah, know yeah so as, as far as the white Sox going it was it was entertaining every time i flip over i i i start i'm starting to like what i see a lot more than i did early you know mm-hmm. last year especially but with, as far as the the cubs brewers man those games are so stressful like just watching yeah. like playoff baseball essentially i, I think the first three one one extra innings correct uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm, I didn't. I did not watch them. I just, you know, saw Twitter going nuts about them and saw the box scores I'm and stuff. Ninety-five percent sure that happened. But either way, it was just the, these games. Oh, just that was. I, I, I don't. You know, I don't want to go into hyperbole and say the, the most intense series of the season. But it, I'd like to see it topped. Honestly, it was a big one. It yeah, really was. and the Brewers are still technically alive, but it's yeah, gonna be tough. yeah, they're you know, it's, yeah gonna be tough we also had yalish shasin be outrageous again another six scoreless yep. at home against the rockies i don't know what's going on there I, the padres gotta lock him up right you think <laughs> I, if, honestly if, if they came to him and say like a three-year deal yeah. how fast does that get i mean does he even think about it i mean i mean it's also so mutually uh beneficial because like he doesn't want to pitch anywhere else right like no, <laughs> he I, has why, to why know would you? I, I, if if you know, if you're his agent, do you try to get the Roger Clemens deal where he only pitches at home? Uh, <laughs> if you could. I mean, I'm sure they've also thought about how to do that. You know, they've probably tried to make that happen. Mm. Yeah. So that that went well for us also. Mm. I'm just laughing every time it works. I don't expect it to work that well. But yeah. Uh, and then I had Lucas Giolito be awesome. You had German Marquez be good enough to win. Mm. Yeah. Good enough it to was win. okay in San Diego. Uh, I do have to brag. I had Chris Iannetta. Remember, we're talking about oh, the big geez. Lucas Duda game. Uh, I can't like re- like I like the matchup and whatever, but two home runs, eight RBIs. Like I didn't predict that clearly. <laughs> that like that's enough to like swing the swing the, swing the contest. Honestly, it's a lot for sure. And if you had him in DFS, you know you won money. I would assume that just split up whoever had him and who didn't. One of those games, that's... I think it was his second game of the year. He had seven RBIs at least in, Jeez. like something nuts like that. Yeah, uh, thanks to Adam Conley and the Marlins for that one. So that's one of the ones you remember. That's you know I think last year I, I Logan Morrison hit two home runs like out of nowhere, and honestly yeah. I, I felt like the, the greatest DFS player on the planet. I'm just like <laughs> yeah. And we talked about we talked about Lucas Duda helping me out early in the season. He hit a home run for you, and I had to go look it up. That's four home runs on the year from Lucas Duda in the contest mm. between us. That's good, and that's got to be a high. I don't think we have anybody else that 
people we've used that much, but nobody that's hit that many homers for us. Uh, so I would have to go look. The only other name that I, I and this is just, just based on the top of my head, would, would be Aaron Althair, because we, we use him just about every month, and every month it seems he's productive. So We've picked Aaron Althair three times, and he hit, I had a two-homer game from him. And so that's it. Uh, yeah, we've only used him three times. We pick him a lot. Or we mention him a lot, we but mention he, him a lot it's not always right. our gotcha. A pick. Gotcha. Let's see. Seth Smith uh, on May 18th hit a homer for both of us. It was mm. both of our picks. Yeah. I don't know if you count that. No, you can only count that once. And I had a homer from him in August. And so, yeah. I think that Lucas Duda is going to be our home run champ of the year, <laughs> at least in terms of getting on the spreadsheet. But yeah, that should about do it for us heading into this week. You got anything else before we start looking at picks? Start with Monday. Dylan, your hometown is a bit to brag about this weekend. Uh, okay. What, what's up? What um, did I miss? Journeyman catcher, making, I, I believe this is his first cup of coffee at the major league level, is, is age 29 season. I think he spent like 10 years you know, kicking around the minors, uh-huh. but there's a journeyman catcher by the name of Rocky Gale. Uh, not only okay. did, not only is he hail from Portland, Oregon, but he also went to went to college and is it Portland University or Portland College? Portland State University is probably what it, you it, were referring to. Literally, just says Portland here. So there's also a University of Portland. That's probably that's what it probably is. it. Either way, he hit his first career major league home run this weekend, and yeah, first off, it was an absolute bomb in Petco. Yeah, and second, he, he him running around the bases was it was just like pure joy. Oh, I bet. Like, yeah, I I I I, I seek to have like one moment in my life that's equally as as, as happy as, as Rocky Gale rounding rounding the bases from his first major league homer. I mean, it was like you have me looking him up. I was trying to remember why it's familiar. He played for the Portland Beavers. No, that wouldn't be right. I have a picture of him here. What the heck is this picture from? Looking up on Wikipedia, and that's definitely him here in Portland. Did, did you guys go to high school together? <laughs> no, it would no. Uh, even though he is a year younger than me, uh, I'm wondering if he was at. So I was with the Portland Beavers in 2009, and this is a picture of him there, but it doesn't look like he played for them ever. Mm. But uh, he was with the Eugene Emeralds in 2010, and I was there then. So. I don't know. I I feel like in the name sounds familiar. I feel like in my intern career, our paths crossed somewhere. I'm sure. I'm going to have to go look this up. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that sounds familiar. But congratulations to him. Oh, th- okay. This says he was called up but did not play, which must be where this picture is from. Mm. Got it. Anyway, Rocky Gale. That's cool news for sure. Portland's finest and uh, right on. Yeah, those are always fun September stories when those guys get in and get to do stuff like that. So. Uh, the, the the only thing I have close is I think I think I, I missed Josh Paul by a year at, at high, in high school. Oh really? He, same school? Yeah, he went to the same high school as, as that that I did, but he he graduated like the year before I arrived. I was I, we were aware of him just because you know he was like one of like the few guys that like even had like a chance to make it and. Mm-hmm. You know, he got. I think he, I think he was a scholarship athlete at Vanderbilt, and then he went on. You know, got drafted like the next year, and it was like super exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Well, we're gonna look at picks uh, for our last week. We've got seven more days, Matt, which is kind of nuts. And I think we'll take a closer look at the contest in our final show on Thursday. But seven more days, and I mean, we can peek at it now. The the pitching stuff's pretty close. Pretty close. It's a four eight two to a four seven five ERA. So the ERA crown is going to be a, a fun one for this last week. Hopefully we did not uh, agree on too many of our picks. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I've I, I felt on a lot of these days. I felt on a lot of these days there was one option. So I okay. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Monday I wrote down seven names, and I know who I got. But do you want to? Would you consider either side of the Jake Junis, CC Sabathia duel in Yankee Stadium? Jake Jr. CC's about to hit duel in Yankee Stadium. I would not. I don't trust either of those guys. I like Jake Junis a little bit, not in Yankee Stadium and not against the Yankees, even though they've pretty well clinched up where they're going to be. So maybe they'll slow down a little bit. But Jake Junis, I think, is a spot starter. CC Sabathia is a spot starter away from Yankee Stadium, and I like it against the Royals. So like, if this were in Kansas City, I would consider Sabathia. But uh, I'll probably pass in Yankee Stadium. 
but interested in both guys. Uh, Lucas Sims is going to the Mets. Uh, they have a doubleheader, actually. Max Freed. I still don't know if it's Freed or Fried. I imagine it's Freed. I'm assuming it's Freed. Both these young Atlanta guys are interesting. They haven't done a lot in the majors yet, but they are real prospects with, you know, potentially real futures, and New York's a good matchup, but just haven't really seen enough from either of them yet to pick them DFS or streaming-wise, right? No. Yeah. No. If you, we talk about this a lot, like late round draft picks next year, maybe, like sleepers, like if one of them has a starting job, again, they have talent. Talking late, like where we took Robert Gesellman this year and then dumped him after April. Um... Uh, I, I no, can see a Lucas I, Sims. Maybe like we're talking like there. we're talking like last round. Like these are real prospects, man. These are guys better than Robert Gesellman was ever supposed to be. Uh, I don't know. I, I believe in the young Braves guys, but in maybe against the Mets. But the best you're going to get is five innings. I think right now, yeah. uh, they're they're protecting them. Brett Anderson finally had the wheels fall off. He's <gasps> going to Boston, which is not the matchup you want anyway. And last time he got the Royals at home and allowed eight runs and got four outs. So like on no home runs also just hittable. So yeah, not that you were going to take him in Boston anyway, but that was, that was expected to happen eventually. You know, don't, you know, there's a guy that needs to go to San Diego for a season. Um, Brett Anderson. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I could see that going okay for them. There's still some skills there, but not, not as much upside anymore. He needs, he needs, needs, you know, the comfy, comfy confines of Petco for a season. I mean, you lease, he'll go get all the Chassin tips and be like, yep. Help me out. What that? What is your magic here? Uh, for sure. Okay, I had two more names. Are you thinking about Tyler Chatwood at home against the Marlins at all? Not at Tyler all. Tyler Chatwood does not like being uh, in Coors, as many pitchers don't. But mm. it's not gone well for him. His ERA is up to almost six this year there. So he's been good away. But even against the Marlins, I don't want that. Which means I assume you don't want Odrisomer Despondier there either. The junk baller, um, of course. He, oh, he was going to be my pick until you talked me out of it. <laughs> For me, it's got to be Colin McHugh going to Texas. It's an okay matchup, but he's just honestly the pitcher on the list that I trust. You know, I don't... The other guys have too many question marks. And again, Texas isn't great. He's 44% owned. He gets the strikeouts okay. His ratios look good. Yeah, I... I am open to other ideas here. I'm not in love with it, but I think it's just pretty much the doable one on the sheet for Monday. The only concern here is that he hasn't gone more than five innings in a month. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. he's not going that deep, and Houston doesn't have any reason to really stretch him out, you know, this fast. No. So so if you get a quality start, I'll be happy. But is there anybody else there that is under-owned that even has a ceiling? Like, I didn't name anybody that might go seven innings, you know? No, I mean, you could look at some of the younger guys and, and just be aware we do have a hangover day in Arizona. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could see that. So, I mean... That just means if you can afford Johnny Cueto, go for it. Oh, you know. God, yeah. He's, he kidding? He's going to be carving up the, the hungover d yeah. be hysterical. Not a streaming option, but a green light on spending, for yeah. sure. I can see that. Yeah, I was going to make sure it's mentioned. If the ball stays in the yard, I could see Sabathia doing okay at home against the Royals, you know. But you don't want Travis Wood going to L.A. You don't want Daniel Gossett at home against the Mariners. Like, uh, would you take? He, he's been too good and over-owned, but do you like Luke Weaver at home against the Cubs? <sighs> I like him to get the win because he's pitching opposite John Lester, who I don't trust at this point because I don't, I don't think he's healthy. Yeah, but there's, an, I just, I don't. There's another guy. I, just, I don't see him working that deep into. I mean, I, I just, I don't see the need to to send him out there for more than five or six innings. And, and even if it's a close game, they're probably going to lift him after five innings. Yeah, you know, just hand, yeah. hand over the bullpen, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. The only other name, maybe, maybe if I'm squinting real hard, do you like Ricky Nolasco going to the White Sox at all? I'm picking against him, so I should tell you all you need to know. So no. Does that mean you're with me on Colin McHugh then? Yeah, I am. I think so. We sometimes say this that, you know, we come up with our best streaming option we can. That's how the show works. But go spend on Johnny Cueto. This may, just might not be a streaming day, to be honest. You know, it's okay. I'm okay with Colin McHugh, but take that hangover lineup matchup, you know. Yeah. Or Zach Godley at home against the Giants is fine. Uh, you know, what about hitters, though, on this weird, weird day? All right, on to hitters. I got options here. I'm going to start with my C pick. Speaking of Odersheim or Despagne, mm-hmm. you want any Colorado lefty that is going to get into the lineup against him. Anybody you can afford, go for it. Pretty yeah. much. And, and you know, the cheapest guy is Gerardo Parra at 32%. At home, he has an uh, OPS over 900 against righties. He's got an OPS over, I think, 850, 860, something like that. He's a quality option against Odersheim or Despagne. It's a good matchup for him, at home especially. Yeah. Next up, C pick. Speaking of Ricky Nolasco, 
he's he's a righty who struggles against righties. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm I had to squint really hard to find a righty in the in the White Sox lineup that I like, but I found one. Yeah. Matt Davidson said 21 of 26 home runs against righties, 724 OPS only, but that's due to his craptastic 215 batting average. And Alaska OPS against righties over 900 with the majority of his home runs against them. I believe it's, I think it's 22 without looking. Yeah. I'm 90% sure it's so. There's plenty. He's, yeah. He's very exploitable, I feel like, he especially, is. you know, in Chicago. Very exploitable. And Matt Davidson still criminally on the under owner, only 5%. Yeah. At least for the homers. He's not doing a lot else, but yeah. those homers count. Yeah, you he, want. He'll drive in runs, and he's going to play, probably. Yep. And lastly, my A pick, my just-in-case pick. I believe this is going to work out, but we've got the Dodgers facing a lefty in Dodger mm-hmm. Stadium. Yeah. I've got to go with Austin Barnes. Ah, I like that. I picked him a week or so ago, and I, I looked at doing it again. But, yeah, I'm into that. I also looked at getting Enrique, our boy, Enrique Hernandez, but... Also, I had picked him this month, but yeah, any of your lefty matches of the Dodgers are going to handle Travis Wood should be fine. Right? And it, this is this is the other part of the season where if you start looking, you know, deep into benches, you know, uh, there's, yeah. there's really no reason for the Dodgers to toss Yasmani Grandal out there every day. Yep, yep. I think Barnes will be out there. I, I think he will too, especially against the lefty, where he's hit six of his seven home runs and has an eight five eight OPS against. He even yeah. has three stolen bases against Lefty, which is just super odd for a catcher. So he's three percent owned. I say get in there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I'm into that for sure. And, and again, also Enrique. Uh, for me, I have a DNC pick. Uh, I'm with you on picking against John Lester for sure. Again, not only has he been bad, maybe not healthy, but he allows stolen bases. So mm-hmm. bonus, especially for us. I put Jose Martinez, but he's been hurt. And so I'm not sure he will be in. But if he is, he's been red hot and he mashes on lefties. He's 20% owned. So check for Jose Martinez. If not Jose Martinez, Randall Grichuk will be fine too. Right-handed. And he has power and can beat up on Lester. So your Cardinals right-handers, Martinez or Grichuk, depending on, you know, or or both of them. We were playing DFS. Go nuts. My B pick in Oakland going home. Yonder Alonso gets Daniel Gossett. And Daniel Gossett's been whatever. Like, he's, he's okay. He's not terrible, but he's easy enough to pick on, and Yonder Alonso likes hitting righties. And I looked it up, and Yonder Alonso, when he was insane earlier this year, was still insane in the Coliseum, too. It's not like he was doing it only away from Oakland. He can hit in Oakland, and he's going back there. So I'm hoping he taps into that, and he'll be fine there against his former team. And then uh, my A pick, though, if, if you're not picking him on Monday, I imagine you might pick this guy <laughs> later uh, this week. But mm-hmm. I see James G. Shields in Chicago, and we want lefties against James Shields, and the lefty in the Anaheim lineup that hopefully can take him deep is Luis Valbuena, who is still hitting like 200 on the air. Like, like I picked him up in a league just because he's caught fire and is hitting home runs and the power is there, but not a lot else. But that's fine. It's James Shields. I think he can handle him. Uh, Luis Valbuena doesn't hit lefties. He only hits righties. It's fine. That'll be good for James Shields. So at 2% owned, I just want a cheap, cheap home run off of Luis Valblana in James Shields in Chicago, which should be fine. Uh, it very easily could go over four, <laughs> but uh, a cheap home run would make him worth it for sure. Uh, spoiler alert, I do have Luis Valbuena, but I'm not going to tell you when. Uh, okay, because I there were other days of the week where I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking him on Monday, but... I would consider him elsewhere, too. Uh, yeah, he's good against righties. He'll be fine. Tuesday the 26th, I wrote down six names. That's surprisingly high. Yeah, well, they're not all, there are other ones we should at least mention. Okay. Blake Snell going to Yankee Stadium. Eh, whatever, right? Again, I'm in this home run era we're in right now, I'm trying to stay away from Yankee Stadium. It's not Coors, but it's gnarly. I still like Blake Snell a little bit. I know you do. How... How about Chad Cool at home against the Orioles? He's been okay lately, and he likes to pitch at home. Would you consider Chad Cool? I, I would not, no. Yeah. I, I guess sorry. he's been a little worse at home, I guess. Yeah, but he's, I don't know, he's fine. 4-4 ERA at home. The Orioles scare me a little bit, too. They can they can thump. Especially now they've like nothing to play for, where they're just going like to swing from the heels. Yeah, it, it could go bad for Chad Cool. Uh, how about we haven't said his name in a while? Josh Tomlin has a two five six ERA in his past six starts. You know, all of the Indians have been on fire, but that includes yes. Josh Tomlin. Does he's been okay lately? And he gets the Twins, the Twins who are maybe playoff bound. Which I mean, I was talking to my dad about it the other day. Rockies get in and Twins get in. Like that's easily the 
two teams to root for, at least for me. I mean, if you don't have particular specific rooting interests and you're not on Team Entropy, which you should be, it's uh, Rockies Twins making runs would be fun. Anyway, Josh Tomlin at home against the Twins. You like that at all? I mean, he he's on the Indians and they, you know, just can't lose. They just can't, you know, yeah. apparently can't be defeated in September. We'll see what happens in October. I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, again, in DFS, I wouldn't rush out to it because I, I, I would be concerned about the strikeout numbers there. But yep. there, there might yep. be, there's some strikeouts in the Twins lineup. I, 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 could, I could see it working out, honestly. If the ball stays in the yard, I like it more, uh, obviously. But that is kind of a, a volatile pick. And like, the, the Twins aren't as easy of a matchup in the second half as you no, thought. But it's okay. Really yeah. How about Sam Gavilio at home against Detroit? I talk about no strikeouts, but okay. the Detroit lineup's about done. Like, are you, you considering this at all? I'm going to he's my pick. Okay, so yes, and okay. Detroit has, has packed it in, and okay, go ahead. All right, so far this year, he's been really solid at home. That's not just in Safeco, it's also in Kaufman. Uh, he has two starts in Kaufman, 1-0, 2-7-0 ERA in, in 10 innings of work, but he has eight strikeouts there with only three walks. Mm-hmm. He's faced Detroit once this year. It went, you know, five, you know, it was five innings, two in runs, you know, a bunch of walks, not very many strikeouts. But I, I actually really like this for for Gavilio in in Kansas City. He's been yeah, quality, he's I, been quality so far in September. You know, he's one and zero with you know two starts with you know eleven innings, nine strikeouts so far this month. For, so for him, mm-hmm. that's kind of impressive. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think there's probably more strikeouts here than you think. Yeah, it's not a bunch, but not none. Yeah, no. I like the matchup for him. I like it. I like that it's in Kansas City, and I like mm-hmm. that it's against Detroit, who is you know <laughs> their manager's fired. I mean, they have a fired manager is still managing the team. Yeah, you 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 can't be more packed in than you can't. You know, that's that's like the ultimate surrender. The lineup they sent out on Sunday. I can't imagine. <laughs> they like, they scored four runs on the Twins. Okay, and, but. Ian Kinsler leading off a DH. Alex okay, Presley. He, he's good. Okay, Alex Presley's competent. Okay. Kinsler's been okay. Uh, Presley's okay. Castellanos batting third. has been okay. actually pretty decent. I have to check some names here. Efren Navarro playing first base because Miggy's hurt. Uh, James McCann is your number five hitter. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Dixon Machado is playing second base and batting sixth. That is okay. a glove first, like shortstop guy, batting sixth. Yes. Andrew Romine is batting seventh on left field. Okay. Jacoby Jones, who okay. is a prospect who has been real bad. Golden Sobrero on Sunday, actually. Wow. Yeah, he's in center field. And then Jose Iglesias batting ninth. Like, yeah, there are a handful of okay hitters in there, but ooh. That's the parade of bums. And it was the Sunday lineup, but yeah, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. That that's uh, the bum parade right there, my friend. <laughs> you can stream against that is the point. Yes. Yeah. And so if you believe in Sam Gavilio at all, and there's some signs of him being okay. Yes, I don't have a problem with this. I like Sam. I had a few more names. Jose Urena goes to Colorado. He was still fine last time out. No one no part of him in Colorado. Tyler Anderson's been okay at home, but it's still Colorado. I, yes. I can't hard pass. That. Hard, hard pass. Yeah, and then uh, Denelson Lamette leaving Petco, going to who the Dodgers. That's <sighs> I want a better matchup, and I want him at home. But I'm you know. I'm picking. I'm actually picking against them, so that tells you all yeah. that need, you need to know there. Interesting guy, definitely. But oh, for not sure. Quite. There's the guy that he he's going to be next year's you're all cotton, where he's like over overdrafted by everybody. Yeah, and winds up stinking. Yeah, he might strike out 150 guys next year and have an ERA of five. He also, might, he also might be back in El Paso. Yeah, hopefully not. He's interesting, definitely. He but is, but I, I just, I, I guarantee he's going to be an overdraft candidate next year. I guarantee it. He likes the, people like the strikeouts, and they should. They should. They he's not boring. No. The last matchup for me, both sides of this, Parker Bridwell going to Chicago to get Carson Fulmer. Carson Fulmer, last time out, got a blister, ejected, didn't do anything. Mm. Back, hopefully his blister's okay. He gets the Angels. Are you interested in either side of this? I'm interested in watching it, but I'm not interested in betting on it. Well, I am going to take Parker Bridwell against your tank socks, but there, I can see there is some risk there. Yes. Definitely. I don't know. His ERA is still under four, even as he's kind of slowed down a little bit. And two, you know, two starts ago, six scoreless against Texas. Last time he allowed a couple home runs to Cleveland, but who hasn't? You know, I I think it's the matchup of the day for me. But 
there's also no slam dunks here. You know, no. I was looking at Tomlin. I guess I was looking at Gavilio, then maybe Denelson Lamette, but kind of a tough streaming day. But I'm going to go ahead with Bridwell. Do you like Carson Fulmer at all, or are you still a little worried? I'm still a little worried about him. I'm, I'm yeah. you, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. I, I, actually, yeah. I, I think he should be in the bullpen. You know, the White Sox want to keep him in one role for the rest of the season, and I get sure. that. So, sure. you know, we'll, we'll see where he, where he heads in spring training, but I, I think he ends up in the bullpen. I really do. Yeah. How about hitters for Tuesday? What okay. are you looking at? Honestly, this is one of the days in the show that I'm probably the most excited for. And you're going okay. to see why, you're going to see why in a minute. Okay. You know, starting with my C pick, I'm picking against Denelson Lamette. Okay. LeMay. Denelson Lamette is, is in fact right-handed, and he has a bit of a weakness against lefties. And this is kind of the reason I, I shied away from him, because he's at 85-4 OPS against with a bunch of home yes. runs. And he actually, he, he gives up stolen bases to lefties, too. Which is, oh, I, I guess right-handed, so yeah, he, he should, but either way. Yeah. Anyway, the lefty I'm picking at 24% is Jock Peterson. Ah, that is too cheap. I like that. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. so far so far this year, he's actually been, you know, he's been Jock Peterson against lefty, against righties, I should say. 10 of his 11 home runs, 7.57 OPS, plus a 2.12 batting average, which is about what you expect. Mm-hmm. But he's also really done much better, remarkably better at home than he has in the road. 7.96 OPS at home, 8 of his 11 homers. Yeah, got to make sure he gets in there because, again, the Dodgers line up so deep and they're rotating and they've clinched. But if he's in there, I like that matchup a lot. And I, I kind of I kind of like this form. Hard hard throwing right hander versus hard hitting lefty. Yep, yep. And the weakness is in his favor. So yeah, yeah, I'm into that for once. B pick. We've got Zach Davies at home against the Reds. Now Zach mm-hmm. Davies last start at home against the Cubs went really really well. Mm-hmm. You know, one start does not a season make. I'm still willing to pick against him at home. Mm-hmm. And I found a lefty in the Reds lineup that we haven't really, we haven't, we haven't, we've mentioned him once or twice, but we haven't really, I, I, th- I think we should have paid a bit more attention to, than we have. Okay. At 2% owned is Jesse Winker. Ah, yeah. I like Jesse Winker. 975 OPS against righties, all six of his home runs against righties, and one stolen base. And he's been sneaking in there, you know, quite a bit in this past month. So yeah. I'm, I think we're all, we're all good to go for a Jesse Winker day. You know how I'm always talking about how these Reds pitchers are, oh, that's a little bit of a prospect or a little bit of a guy. You should pay attention. Like, Jesse Winker is a bit of a guy. You know, he's like he's a real stalled prospect. out a little bit. Yeah, he's stalled out a little bit in the upper minors, but, like, the power is still there, and he's still young enough where it's not going to shock anybody if he, you know, becomes a... I, I, the comps are always scary. I don't know if I want to say names, you know, but they're always like, uh, Jay Bruce-ish, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not that much power, but no. Jesse Winker can hit. He's a corner outfielder. He can hit. Like, yeah, uh, I, that's a guy in at 2% and he's getting in there. I like that for him for sure. And lastly, my A pick, I've got a one percenter that I really, really like. Okay. okay. Opposite Zach Davies is a guy by the name of Deck McGuire. Yes, I saw that. He's 28 years old and I believe this is his first cup of coffee. I, I want to say he was a high draft choice at one time, but his, his career stalled severely and he bounced around the minors and is now with the Reds. Yes, he's, yeah, you're making me check, but yeah, he was a Blue Jay, that's what I thought, yeah, in 2010 was a first rounder, and then just has not done much since then, no, no. this is his uh, major league debut, but maybe he was hurt for a while, anyway, yes. Either way, he's in fact right-handed, and the Brewers recently have been, against against righties, they've been trotting out Brett Phillips in particular. Yes, and he's one percent owned, and against righties so far this year, eight three nine OPS, all three of his home runs, five stolen bases. Believe it or not, he's got he's got a little he's sneaky running. speed in him. He can run. Yeah. So I think he's going to get the start, and I think he's going to do damage against Deck McGuire. Yeah, I like that just fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about Deck McGuire or whoever the Reds have out there at the end of September. It'll be fine. For me, I picked a zero percenter from <laughs> the Marlins in Colorado. I like Tyler Anderson, okay, but it's Coors, and he's left-handed. And talk about a little bit of a prospect guy is the Marlins have been letting Brian Anderson play third base and he's right handed and he's been doing okay, but he has a bat. He can hit. He's okay. And yeah, he gets a lefty in chorus. So I think it's 0% owned if you need a real cheap third baseman. Take the, the, the prospect the Marlins are trotting out there. He hasn't mm-hmm. blown up enough to really get a name for him and get way up ownership percentages, but he's been mm-hmm. okay like that. My B pick, I have Lonnie Chisenhall against Bartolo. He's been hurt, though. I got to, like, make sure he gets back. But any of the Indians you like against Bartolo, I think, are going to be just fine, including our boy Lonnie. But we would like to see him back in the lineup. 
I would like to see him back in the lineup for sure. But sad to say I'm ready to pick on Bartolo with anybody you want. And Lonnie Chisnall at 5% is too low if he's uh, if he's playing. Matt, I'm sorry. I also have Brett Phillips as my A pick. That's not oh. like that. It's the, the stolen bases. He's already running, and I think that's just a decision for sure, especially mm-hmm. while they're still trying to stay in it. So, yeah, Brett Phillips known best for his outrageous laugh that became spring training famous a few seasons ago. <laughs> Yeah, Maverick Phillips. He's an interesting guy. Talk about also a prospect who kind of stalled in the upper minors. He like was a hot prospect and then in the last year or so kind of got derailed a little bit and then is back on track this year. But hopefully speed doesn't slump and he can steal a base or two for us. So Wednesday the 27th, I wrote seven names down and they're not all great options, but Erasmo goes to Oakland. Eh, they've been too hot, right? For you to care? Yes, too hot for me to care, 100%. Yeah. How about your boy Mark Leader at home against the Nationals, who've also clinched? If that lineup's okay, do you want him at all? No. No. Okay. He's been. He's been. Sorry, I've been been too. Yeah, he really has. I've been too burned. How about Trevor Williams at home against Baltimore? He's a three-five-nine area at home. Maybe a little more exciting than Chad Cool. Are you thinking about him at all? I think you were a little more exciting than Chad. Cool. I'm I'm, I'm passing on Trevor Williams. Okay. I, I, I think it's worth at least considering, but yeah, not my pick. I do have to do honorable mention. I had to check right now. Garrett Richards, when I found him, was 50%. He's now at 51%. Oh. I know. Because that's the pick if you can afford it, right? Like him going and to the White Sox. I, uh, he's been good, man. The last yeah. time out, he went... Uh, six innings, one hit in Houston, and only came out because of a pitch count at 85, and it's because they're not trying to ramp him up too hard. But Garrett Richards is good to go. Uh, that's a total green light for me, and especially because they've been ramping him up. He might go more than six innings if things go well in Chicago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 51%. Otherwise, I would have been all over it, but I cannot do that. Ronaldo Lopez on the other side of that. Four strikeouts in his last four starts. I'm off that wagon at least in 2017. As am I. Yeah, you could consider it, but not trending in the right direction right now. No. Two more names, and they're both interesting. Your boy Brandon Woodruff is at home against the Reds, and my boy Sean Newcomb is going to the Mets. I like them both. I think Brandon Woodruff is the more proven one right now. Okay. But the matchup against the Mets is so much nicer, I feel like. I'm going to take the pitcher I trust a little more and take Brandon Woodruff, but I think both are... (laughs) Sean Newcomb, like, he has a 1.57 whip. I'm like, all right, well, he's been having walk problems, but the strikeouts have come with it. I'm I'm legitimately stunned here. I I figured I was going to take Woodruff and you were going to take Newcomb, and that was going to be it, but this is where I'm taking Newcomb and you're taking Woodruff. Okay. So we've got to root for the opposite guy. That's that's why I won't. And to be honest, it's uh, in our pitching thing that's so close. I do have a strikeout lead but you have a ratio lead so that kind of makes sense here as <laughs> we're swapping those i gotta get my ratios down you gotta get your strikeouts up but i think that's the trade-off between the two but i think they're both i, I they're both doable you don't hate the brandon woodruff matchup right no I, I like it just fine yeah okay well what do you like about the newcomb one a little bit more though it's the mets <laughs> that's a plenty good reason to be honest <laughs> yeah and he has more than a strikeout in inning newcomb does so i think that's gonna be fine for him yeah uh, and Brandon Woodruff gets the Reds, who again can hit, but he was okay against the Cubs last time. I don't know. He he hasn't been great lately, but I I, I trust him in Milwaukee. And he's opposite Homer Bailey. Might be a win there. But mm. thumbs up on both of those and big thumbs up to Garrett Richards if you can't afford that in whatever format you're in. Uh, Matt, how about hitters for Wednesday? Okay. I'm, for these last two days, I'm, I'm, I'm going all the way to a D pick. Okay. Just because I I've got a lot of you know one percent or zero percenters who you know might not play, mm-hmm. so the D pick for Wednesday uh, we've got a pitcher by the name of Gabriel Yanoa yeah. pitching for pitching for Baltimore. He's okay. He's not awful, but you can pick. He's he's inexperienced enough that I feel like you can pick against him, but he's not terrible. He's in fact right-handed. I I want to toss a couple lefties out there against him just to see what happens. He has had those issues so far. Okay, good enough. So I'm gonna roll with Josh Bell at 51 percent as my my D pick. I like that. I always like Josh Bell. He should do Me just too. fine. So far against Reddits this year, 17 of 24 home runs, both of his stolen bases, and an 8-1-2 OPS against. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed with 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 you know the you know picking against you. Know, also, you get the Orioles bullpen there, which is also good. Yeah, 
That's what I was going to say is you get the Orioles bullpen and Josh Bell is a switch hitter. So it's not like they're going to match up too hard against him in that way. Yeah. And I don't Correct. expect, you know, to go that deep. So no, yeah. I, if, if he goes five innings, I, I would, you know, I, that's about as far as I see him going, honestly. So. Yeah. He went eight innings last time. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. But he only had three strikeouts and that was like by, that was the first time he'd gone five innings since May. So like, that was a real weird, like unique start. And if all of a sudden you think he switched it on last time, like go for it. But I don't think he's so suddenly you know it all clicked that instantly so hmm. no, no no i like the josh bell pick against him for sure and again because i think half the game will be that bullpen so gotcha okay moving on my c pick we've got the astros facing off against the rangers mm-hmm. with nick martinez yeah you know getting the start for 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 texas mm-hmm. i see that as that that okay that's that's somebody i want i want to stream against yep you want to stream lefties in particular, and the lefty I want at three percent owned is Derek Fisher. I love this. I yeah, <laughs> I I would have written this except I had already picked Derek Fisher. But okay. yeah, I'm all about that. You know, it, all five of his home runs and all three of his stolen bases have come against righties so far this this season. OPS isn't great, only six five seven, but it's Nick Martinez. This is this is where that OPS gets healthy. I have a feeling. Yeah, and he has power, and he can run. I yeah. would not be shocked if Derek Fisher ran a little bit. So. Yeah. Next up, B pick. We've got Adalberto Mejia facing mm-hmm. off against the Indians. Mm-hmm. You know, the Indians have clinched just about everything that, you know, that, that they've clinched, and I think they're going to start trotting out the other guys to kind of, you know, get their regulars some rest heading into October. Mm-hmm. The guy I like here is Brandon Geyer. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. It's righty, righty on lefty in favor of Geyer. I mean, he is not good against righties. Uh, for his career, Geyer has been, you know, kind of a lefty master. It's kind of been his thing. Is he plays competent defense. You can slot him in at yeah. just about any outfield position, and he's does a bit of damage against lefties. It's not been the case as much this season. Yeah. Very limited sample size. I think he's been, he dealt with injuries early on, if I'm not mistaken. I know I'm not. There was a weird, like, it was a year or so ago, Effectively Wild podcast, also here on the Fangrass Network, like, went in on Brandon Geyer, and I have to remember this right, but it had to do with how he had a really weird oscillating performance thing, where, like, some years he was on and destroying lefties, and then the next year he would just be off and be worthless, and then the next year he'd get, like, a small contract and, like, destroy lefties, and then, like, the next year be off again. Like, he's the most, like, Jekyll and Hyde, hot and cold. Like, over years stretches though but his job indeed on a very like up and down curve has been to hit lefties you know and so it's Alberto Mejio I think he'll be fine but I, you know uh, both of his home runs both of the stolen bases come against lefties 6 10, one OPS against it's mm-hmm. a super small sample size at the end of the season again this is this is where that OPS goes up because it's Alberto Mejia yeah. yeah I also like Austin Jackson if you're if you're picking from Indians, you know, right-handed outfielders, you know, I think Austin Jackson could do stuff too. Mm, makes sense. Unless mm-hmm. we've uh, Clayton Richard mm-hmm. facing the Dodgers in Los Angeles. He's in fact left-handed. Struggles against righties. We've talked about this just about every other show this season. I have a feeling the guy I like here is Enrique Hernandez at one percent. Yeah, round. yeah, him or Barnes, either of them. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I suppose you could toss Barnesy out there too. Yeah, um, use them both if you're playing BFS, like both days, whatever works. But yeah, both very good picks. Yeah, uh, Hernandez still has the 944 OPS against lefties with 10 home runs this year. He's been mashing them and should should be in there. He's the infield Puerto Rican Brandon Geyer, essentially. <laughs> Get in there, cover some positions, and mash on lefties. Uh, I like those. I like both of those. That'll be good. I think I think you're selling Enrique a little bit short there with that. He might be better than Brandon I, Geyer. <laughs> I, I see where you're, I see where you're going. So. In role, if not performance. Uh, I had as my C pick also want to pick on Nick Martinez would have loved to wrote down, uh, Derek Fisher at 3%. Instead, I'm stuck with Carlos Beltran, 26%, but he can handle Nick Martinez, you know, from the correct side of the plate. It's my C pick. It's my backup, but yeah, pick on Nick Martinez with lefties for sure. My B pick. I see John Lackey on here and John Lackey has allowed a few home runs this year. I don't know if you've been paying attention. (laughs) Last I saw, he was in the lead. I don't know if it's the National League or in the majors, but he's allowed 36 homers, which is a lot of home runs. So any power guys from the Cardinals you'd like are going to be fine. If you want some Paul DeJong, I think that would be fine. You know, Matt Adams isn't hitting a ton of homers, but my cheap guy, we've mentioned him a few times. I've not picked him in September. Colton Wong getting John Lackey. Again, not a big power guy, but if <laughs> there's anybody to help you go yard, it might be John Lackey, but... Big on Cardinals against John Lackey if you're homer hunting. 10% on for Golden Wong. 
and he's been okay lately. But my A pick, I've mentioned this before, you were not as sold, but I like picking on Tanner Roark with lefties. That's been a real problem for him lately, and he's been decent lately, but 835 OPS on the air against left-handed batters, which, oof, that's, that's a little rough for Tanner Roark. So from the Phillies, I looked at Nick Williams, but I had picked him in September. I'm okay with that. Nick Williams continues to go under the radar as a very solid hitter. But I'm taking our boy Freddie Galvis at 13% owned, who continues to like not have a great OPS, but there's 12 homers and 13 steals batting 255, and he's, you know... 13% on like a 15-15 hitter, maybe a little, not quite that high, but some power, some speed, and as a switch hitter, so he'll get Roark how he wants him, and he's up near the top of the lineup. I, I like that as a, a middle infield option. I think Freddie Galvis will be fine there. Matt, for Thursday, the last day we're going to cover in this episode, I only wrote four pitchers down, and one wow. is Eduardo Rodriguez, and he's 52% owned. So, so he did well enough last time that he's back off the list. You wouldn't want him against Houston anyway. Well, maybe because they've played. I will not take Dylan Peters at home against Atlanta, even though I think you could consider it. Because, again, a little bit of an interesting prospect and an okay matchup. I'm not going to take Miguel Gonzalez at home against the A's because they've been decent. And even when he's good, he's not that good. I think the only pick is Brent Suter at home against the Reds, unless you can help me find something else better here. But Brent Suter continues to be decent. It's not a great matchup, but he just continues to get it done. Is there anybody here other than Brent Suter or Dylan Peters or Miguel Gonzalez, I guess? I, it's Brent Suter for me. Yeah. I looked at Daniel Norris going to Kansas City, but like gross, right? <laughs> yes, like, I, yeah. I. Do you remember? It was. Uh, I think. I think Peter Gammon said that Daniel Norris is like the next Clayton Kershaw. <sighs> yeah, I remember you bringing that up. He was a top prospect for sure. You know, yeah, for sure. But that has never clicked. He's no. Daniel Norris is twenty four. So let's not make too many Daniel Norris jokes. But no, we're not, not shot it yet. No. Sal Romano, I like a little bit, but going to <laughs> Milwaukee. But he has a 4-4-3 ERA, and nowadays it's not awful, but Brent Suter has been better than that. So I wish we weren't agreeing, but even when I say Brent Suter has a bad matchup, he gets the Cubs, five and a third, one run. Okay, you know, he's been getting it done. So He's pitching like a guy who wants to stay in the rotation, and I think one or two more starts, I think he might for next year. That's about how many he's going to get. So, yeah. uh, What I meant was like one or two good starts and he probably does so he gets the reds at the end of september so he has a chance here so that's the pick uh i feel like for sure matt how about hitters for thursday okay again like i said i'm I'm going with you know d picks just to make sure i get somebody in there Mm -hmm. my d pick julio tehran is going to miami to face the marlins yep you want lefties against him and mine is justin Bohr at 53 percent. that's a good one i like that i love justin Bohr. And I like it against Julio Tehran, especially. Yeah. Except for me, C-Pick. Uh, Stephen Brault is going to Washington. Yes. Stephen Brault is, in fact, left-handed. Struggles a bit with righties. The righty... Well, actually, uh, take it back. The switch hitter I want is Wilmer Defoe. Oh, okay. Only yeah. 4, 4% on. Uh, so far this season against lefties, 8.79 OPS, limited sample size, three of his five homers, one of his nine stolen bases, doesn't run much, but he, again, he, he does have that 8.79 OPS against. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been playing just about every day, and he's been playing you know deep into games for a team that's already clinched. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm totally fine with that, for sure. Hmm. Next up, it's still on Kobe Day. Yeah, we got to celebrate. I've got two angels for you. One's okay. my B, one's my A. Okay. The B pick is CJ Krohn at 16%. Yes. He's a righty who does a bit better against righties than he does lefties. With Dylan Kobe, you can pretty much throw out handedness. You you want just competent hitters, and that's what CJ Corn is a competent hitter against righties. Ten of his sixteen homers, two of his three stolen bases, and a seven six two OPS against, but it's Dylan Kobe, so you throw that away. And my A pick, two percent owned, Luis Valbuena. Yeah, there he is. Wait until the end of the show when he comes back. He is in fact you know, he's in fact left handed against the righties, so he has a bit of advantage. Uh, 20 of his 21 home runs have come against righties this year. Yeah, he does not hit lefties, by the no, way. No, he does not. No, a 111 batting average and 36 at-bats this year. That's kind of impressive. He can put up 20 homers not touching left-handed batters. Like, it's only against righties. Yeah. It's actually kind of impressive that he even has one homer against lefties this year. Yeah. Which... I wonder who it was. I'm going to go look. But, yeah. <laughs> good question. Do you have any guesses of who Luis Valbuena could have possibly taken deep the bad lefty? <sighs> No, I don't. All right, Matt. 
on okay. July 3rd, after it started heating up, is a lefty that we have mentioned in this show. Okay. Uh, he is a Minnesota twin. There, there should okay. be enough clues for you, I think. Uh, of his 20 home runs this year. Uh, do you know who that is? Is it Adalberto? It is Adalberto Mejia. And wow. yeah, he, uh, he took Adalberto Mejia deep in July. But everybody else, Kendall Graveman, Julio Tehran, Jordan Zimmerman, Chris Young, Jumbo Diaz is in here, Carlos Carrasco, somebody named Casey Lawrence, Tanner Roark struggling with those lefties, Kevin Gosman twice on August 19th, Andrew Kashner, Chris Smith of Oakland, our boy Erasmo, uh, you got Brad Peacock and Mike Fires also just uh, earlier this month. But yeah, anyway, Luis Valbuena hits righties, can certainly handle... <laughs> You can handle Dylan Covey. I think that's gonna be fine. Yeah. Mm. Uh I like I said, I I like him all weekend. You know, I think you like him against James Shields too. That'd be fine. You know, obviously if you're listening to this, you're probably not picking a guy once a month like we are, but let's just start mm. putting him down. But he's my D pick again. If I somehow don't get him earlier against James Shields, I, I have him here also. My C pick, similarly, I wrote Brett Phillips down again against Sal Romano. If you still want stolen bases, like why not, right? At one percent, like he should be able to handle the Reds all weekend. I, I like Valbuena and Phillips all weekend. Let's just throw that out there. My B pick Picking against Edwin Jackson again, who continues to kind of snowball in a bad way. Uh, and I want Adam Frazier, the lefty for the Pirates, who, you know, keeps going out there. Edwin Jackson just went to New York and allowed six runs, you know, on the 22nd against the Mets specifically. So pick on Edwin Jackson with any Pirates you like. I'm writing Adam Frazier. It's kind of, it's 4% owned. It's like an empty average, but he's up top and he'll get you, you know, the runs you need. But my A pick, Matt, spending slightly. I'm also picking against Stephen Brault. I looked at Howie Kendrick, who matches on lefties, but I already picked him this month. But that is a big, that's a big green light for me. That'll be fine. Uh, Michael A. Taylor should be able to handle that lefty just fine. He's only 22% owned. Talk about some power and speed. He's always been kind of a nothing hitter but he's kind of putting it together now and again against a lefty like that he has 16 homers and 14 stolen bases in 373 at bats like adam eaton went out and michael taylor's like yeah yeah roto points for me i think he can handle Stephen brault and the gutted pirates bullpen so that's my apex there at 22 percent um yeah that should about do it for us in our second to last show matt you got anything else where we get rolling i've got a tv thing but i don't you know i don't know if it's, it's not baseball related whatsoever it's okay we might be out of baseball things what do you got I, you know, I, I discovered american vandal this weekend okay i don't know what that is it's it's a it's a netflix original and it, it's meant to be like a parody of making of a making a murder okay except it first off it's fantastically put together like the guys who did this like it actually it felt like a documentary it did not feel like a you know like a parody or like a movie it felt like a really well made documentary yeah they did too good of a job. They did, you know, for the first half episode, I was like legitimately wondering if this is real or not. Yeah, you're like, wait, this is parody, right? And you know, the, the you know, the, you know, the plot centers around you know a known troublemaker who gets accused of of drawing pictures of penises on 27 teachers' cars. That sounds awesome. And the 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 case is it's. It's just you know you know like the layers they just keep peeling back and peeling back and peeling back and it's it's just so well done really well put together that I you know the wife and I flew through it like we watched all eight episodes like in a morning so it's silly but done like done very well <sighs> I can't even say it's silly like it you know like straight face though it, it it's completely straight face there's you know there are no like you know moments where it's like teehee, look at this yeah but just the, you know the overall concept of of the, they're doing a documentary based about this this kid who was accused of drawing penises on cars yeah and they, they like had to like you know like discuss like they, there's actually like one section where they're actually like comparing like you know previous penis drawings that this kid has made to the penis drawings in the cars and noticing that several sections don't match yeah and realizing that wait a minute this isn't this this isn't his this isn't the way he draws these why why would he do this that's funny so it, either way it's it's really well put together i thoroughly recommend it i was really impressed by it i like that similarly i have a uh, yeah. also kind of silly recommendation uh okay uh, i finally watched we hadn't we we're not talking about this this is a subject from last year i finally watched fast eight have you seen fast eight I have not had a chance to see. I have, uh, I, I have it sitting on, on on my desk. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. I've been meaning to. I won't get too far into it for you. Then it might be no, my new favorite. 
It, I can get into it real deep. I got tons to say, but not before I'm you've sure seen you it. Know. It might uh-huh. be my new favorite. It it is everything six and seven should have been. Yeah, it was great. It was. I might watch it again soon. It was real good. I'm 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 still waiting for you know Fast Ten, Too Fast for Time, when they actually have a time machine. And we can't talk about your your homework assignment before our last show is to watch fast eight so we can talk about it uh for our last show if you have the time because i do I, have things to say because it was real good we, we can do we can the fast eight well, i can make an effort to get that done that's not a problem it will fly by it's like two hours 20 minutes it will not feel that way it is great whoa, 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 whoa. It's, they made it two hour and 20 minute fast and i movie. think so let me go check that's off the top of my head i think that's right uh it's that's a long that's a long long movie it's so good it's 136 <laughs> minutes yeah it's great i'm oh yeah hopefully we can talk about this in our last show worst case we'll have to do another show to talk about it i really liked it and i've always said like in this like this arc of all these movies that's like the first one you're like laughing at it because it's very silly and all the memes and the catchphrases at some point in the series for me it's fast five you're not laughing at it anymore you're like laughing with it i think because it winks at the camera a little bit but like at some point i was an ironic fan and now i'm like no they're great they're real good so Fast 8 was legitimately an awesome action movie. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of dumb, unbelievable stuff in it where you're like, yeah, right, no way. But, like, you're loving it with it. I don't know. We can get into a deeper review once you've seen it. Also, I will not spoil it for you other than two thumbs way up. It was great. You see, I'm going to disagree with you. I I can think of the exact moment in the series where it became laughing with it as opposed to laughing at it. Okay. And that's when Dom makes his return, and he goes to the site where, where Letty had her accident and, like, tastes the ground. In Fast 4. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and he's like, it's you know, he says, like, you know, whatever, whatever you know, the fuel type it is, like, you know, nitrous oxide, it's, super turbo. We yeah, talked about it. Like, it's whatever. like nitrometh or something. In- there, okay. Nitrometh. There's only one guy in Los Angeles who deals in nitrometh. <sighs> and I'm, I'm just, first off, he's he's been gone for, you know, like, you know, however many years. Yeah. But th- there's still o- there's only one guy, really, and he knows who it is. Oh, it's great. And that's a, like four was good and they got on that like track for sure. But like they didn't quite have enough fun with it. It's five. A little bit, it's yeah. five. And they're like, what if we just like went to Brazil and got the whole gang together and dragged around a giant safe behind two cars and didn't care about physics anymore. And it was like, yes, thank you. It's oh, five was my favorite, but I got to watch it again. Like eight might be my new favorite. I don't know. It's they, so they completely, completely destroy. They completely destroy a city and like murder 50,000 people. Oh, it's so. so bananas. And I was all about it. So yeah, hopefully we'll be talking about it in our next show. Yeah. We got one more show after this for the season. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Matt is on Twitter at Matt D underscore DFS. I'm on Twitter at Higgins FOS. And yeah, you can get your tweets into us before our, our final show. If there's any Q&A or whatever, we can fit that in in the last show. This episode went long, and I'm sure we can go long on Thursday, too, if we feel like it. We can yeah, do whatever. If we feel like it. Yeah, yep. we can do whatever. Okay. For Matt, I'm Dylan. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Friday. This podcast is over. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.